Hello and welcome. This is Real Faith Conversations, and in this show, we try to talk about life, culture, and faith in the most genuine way possible. My name is Ryan Morris, and I'm here with Pearl, a friend from China who has been living in the United States for three years now. How you doing, Pearl? I'm doing good. Welcome to Real Faith Conversations. This is your first time on. Yes. Thank you, you for having me. Yeah, you're always welcome to be on the podcast. We love having new guests on. And today we're going to be talking about her conversion story and how she came to know Christ while living in China. Let's just dive into the testimony here because this is a, a big topic mm-hmm. and we have a short amount of time for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's just dive into the testimony here. All right. So I grew up in China and to be specific, in the southwestern part of China. And um, growing up, by going to school, we are always taught um, science is the right thing to believe in. And Hmm. uh, we live in a culture that basically promotes science and hard work and materialism. Um, And all the friends that I grew up with, um, they are atheists. So there one March um, spiritual part that um, that was talked about throughout my childhood mm-hmm. and as I was growing up. Yeah, but spiritually, um, Buddhism and Taoism are more commonly known religions in China, and from the cultural inheritance um, from the dynasty a long, long, long time ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, however, the young generations, um, they want nothing to do with it. Um, it's seen as the old people's beliefs, the old Ancient people. Ancient religions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorcery. Mm-hmm. And if you tell people that you actively practice um, like Buddhism or Taoism, people will see you as superstitious people mm-hmm. or or you might have been brainwashed to believe in like things that are so unreal and uncertain. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, my knowledge of China not is not very much, right? But reading about it and things like that and being over there, it's my understanding that prior to the Chinese Communist Party, right, there was rich culture of religions, right? Like you mm-hmm. already mentioned, you know, Buddhism, Taoism, and, and so forth, even Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and from my understanding, the whole shift in that reasoning um wasn't so much to like suppress people as people would think it was more because there's good reason to keep an eye on religions right mm-hmm. and reading a couple books and understanding you know how the ccp thinks um there's good reason right so in in prior years and i mean china has a rich history right many mm-hmm. thousands of years and through that time many people have weaponized religion right yes. into um, overthrowing governments, creating mm-hmm. power vacuums, and just giving more power to warlords in the area so that mm-hmm. the country in many times was divided into different warlords in between dynasties. Mm-hmm. And so when the Chinese Communist Party rose to power, um, they saw that as a way of, okay, we need to keep an eye on religions, all religions. Mm-hmm. And so when I was there, I think the rule is right now, at least in Beijing, that if if you gather with 40 or more people mm-hmm. in a religious context, you have to have a party member there, right? Yeah. Um, at least that was my experience. And it wasn't to, like, change preaching or change messages, at least in Beijing where I was. Mm-hmm. It was more just to make sure that it wasn't a revolt against the government. 
right? right? A, a, a secret meeting hidden underneath the religious blanket, right? Right. Um, that's my understanding. And you mentioned the whole atheist materialistic piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that seems to be a trend not only in China, but like all over the world, right? But maybe heightened in China because mm-hmm. um, the, the national stance is that is atheism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of people, like especially the young people, we all growing up with the mindset that you need to believe in yourself. Mm. You need to believe in your own hard work. You need to believe in money, power, and success. And when there's a, a culture of materialism, it sort of is challenging to practice faith but go deeper in faith if you have any, right? Especially mm-hmm. as a young person like yourself. Mm-hmm. Can you dive into your journey and how you started? Because you started off as atheist, right? Mm-hmm. And how did you start to see good examples of Christianity. So, as I mentioned, growing up, I did not believe there is any God or there is any spirit out there um, because that all seemed really unreal. Uh, But my journey of getting to know God started in my sophomore year in college. And I was an English major um, and I was leading English Corner on campus, which is a group activity where students get together and practice their English. So you can, uh, we go there every evening uh, from for a certain time and everybody just uh, talk in English. Um, doesn't matter what topic you choose. Um, so it's r- like a free flow conversation, kind of mm. like this. Um, and it, that's where I met um, the missionaries. So if anyone ever considered to go to China for a mission, English Corner might be a good place to mm-hmm. go to because that's where you can um, start that personal relationship with someone else and um, you can share um, like your life and just anything that you would like to talk about. So that's where I met uh, uh, the missionaries. Um, I'll call them M M and G. And um, we were having really good conversation together. And we started talking about uh, Christianity and about God. And we were both very honest about how I, I I was sharing I was an atheist. And they were telling me about how they grew up believing in God. And uh, later of that conversation, they invited me to go to their fellowship meeting um, at an underground church um, at this apartment. Um, And on that Saturday, they didn't even have it on Sunday because it wasn't an official church yet. On that Saturday, I joined them, and that was my first time singing a worship song and hearing a sermon and uh, getting prayed for. And Can you explain for the audience that doesn't know um, what is an underground church? So uh, in China, there are two general kinds of churches. One is uh, the one that's registered um, under the government. So like you mentioned, like when they can gather at a public place, they might even gather at a public building. Um, but uh, under the civilian's of a party member or a police officer. Mm -hmm. Um, 
um, ever, and the, the other form is underground churches where they meet more in secret. They're not registered. The government might know and might not know of their existence. I am not sure. Um, but yeah, those are like the two different kinds of churches. It's really interesting that uh, you were able to meet these missionaries mm -hmm. in the blanket of learning English, because that was your original intent, right? It was just to learn English. It wasn't to get to know about Christianity or any other religions. It was mm -hmm. just to learn English, right? Right. Wow. And through that, that, that encounter with these missionaries, you then heard your first worship song. Do you happen to remember what worship song it was? Yeah. What was it? There were a couple, because they, like, they sang a few songs. Uh, I remember one was, I need you, Lord. I need you. Uh, I need you, Lord, I, more than... Uh, was it? That that was the title, right? I need yeah, you, Yeah, I need you, Lord. Yeah. Okay, nice. That was your first worship mm -hmm. song. Yeah. Wow. And And then through that experience, what was that like? Was it a shock? Was it like, uh, oh, I reject this? Was there a wall put up? Like, what was your reaction mm -hmm. to that initial encounter? So I remember walking away from it. Um feeling very peaceful in my heart uh, but going into it with seeing like experience all all of um all of the service as a new experience was um a little surprising and i saw like people uh weeping as they were singing worship song and um and I was just think. Remember, I remember thinking to myself that these people are really serious yeah. with what they believe, and they they really are worshiping like the God in mm -hmm. their heart. Um, and you could see it from their uh, their facial expression. You could see it from their posture, and um, and then the sermon uh, did make a lot of sense, but it sounded more like a moral teaching mm. and I tried to roll out like the God part because I was still not so sure yeah. if God is real mm -hmm. um, but everything they covered um, sounded like good moral teaching to me yeah. so I didn't really uh, hate that experience but I did rush out uh, after the whole service ended because I feel like people might come up to me and yeah, ask a bunch of questions <laughs> yeah um, Wow, that is so cool. And I can relate to that because when I was in Beijing studying for my master's, um, I went to an underground church with some friends. And when I got there, a lot of people were weeping and very emotional. And it was the majority of the people mm -hmm. there. And here, I mean, in the United States, there's a lot of emotion, of course, and things like that that go into it. But it's not it's normally in the normal setting. It's not the majority of people. In, from my experience it wasn't the majority maybe you see a couple people that are really emotional or if there's like a praise and worship session there's one song where a lot of people get into it mm -hmm. maybe that happens we're at a conference right mm -hmm. a lot of people know of Steubenville we went to mm -hmm. Steubenville this past summer yeah. uh, for the first time which is really cool maybe we can talk about that a little bit but I noticed that in China because of you know the restrictions on religion and all mm -hmm. that stuff I think from my own observation that the people that are there are there and they're really committed. They're really yeah. into their faith and they want to, they understand the value of worship, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to maybe in the United States where there's no restrictions really mm -hmm. on it. 
Um, maybe in COVID-19 there were, but, um, you know, for the most part, you know, freedom of religion and practice of worship is, is, is a value that we hold here. Mm -hmm. And maybe we take it for granted. I don't know. This isn't like official thesis or anything, but maybe we take it for granted here in the United States. And that's something I observed. Like, and that's something that you just mentioned is people are in it and very emotional there we're we're in places where maybe worship isn't as prevalent mm -hmm. and that's that's really powerful yeah i think the small size might also play a part in it mm -hmm. people everybody knows each other mm. inside that apartment building and um it for the regular members it's a very safe place and there are only like 20 30 people yeah. There. Small groups. Mm -hmm. Small groups are so important. I mean, even when you have a giant church, I think you should break people up in small groups because that's where the authentic relationships are built. That's where you can really grow in Christ, in my opinion. And it really shows in China from your experience as well. Mm -hmm. Going back to being in college, I mean, college campuses here in the United States are really vicious in terms of Christianity and you know, vicious towards people that practice their faith freely, socially, not like legal or anything, just socially. But in China, it's social pressure, but also legal pressure. Mm -hmm. What was that like dipping your toe in the water of Christianity on a college campus in China? So I actually didn't start off knowing that it is illegal or maybe I should say it is not illegal to say that you believe in God. It is not illegal to say that you're a Christian, but um, it is illegal for you to go evangelize mm -hmm. in a public setting. Yeah. So uh, that's something I found out later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, there were um, three classes that really um, increased my interest in getting to know God and Christianity when I was... Uh, in my sophomore year. Um, so one was, um, as an English major, we uh, have to take biblical literature wow. as part of the literature class. Mm -hmm. um, however, the lecturer um, himself is not a Christian. Mm -hmm. So he just talks about the literature part. The academic of, side of it. Yeah, yeah, of the Bible and the influence and the style of writing and things like that and I remember one class he started talking about the story of Adam and Eve and the original sin and then he commented the story um, by saying that this um, Bible story testify to the Chinese idiom um, called Hong Yan Huo Shui meaning um, beauty causes danger or beauty brings bad luck. <laughs> or you can say, like, or uh, or he was trying to say that woman is the root of the human fall. And I was <laughs> really shocked um, that he was saying something like that. Um, so it really caught my attention. Um, and I wanted to bring it up to those missionaries that I met wow. and kind of question them if that, if that is... Um, what the church teaches teach, um, teaches people about uh, mm. to teach people like about that beauty causes danger. <laughs> like, <laughs> Definitely and, temptation, right? <laughs> For Adam, at least. Um, but 
but she was able to tell me that um, it is it in that story, the original sin. Um, it was more of Adam's responsibility than Eve's, um, because um, God um, directly spoke to Adam, mm. and Eve was the helper. Even though Eve first um, picked out the fruit, um, but the shame didn't come in until Adam and Eve both ate um, mm. the forbidden fruit. Um, so that version made more sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then another class, um, it was during extensive reading class, the professor um, shared a conversation he had with um, a friend of his uh, who is a Christian. And that friend said, um, sci like they started talking about science and religion. And that friend said, science is not the truth. It is not the actual facts. It is a theory, a theory which uh, justifies itself as human beings uh, trying to is trying to understand the world. And hearing that comment, I I didn't know if it caught anyone else's attention, but it definitely caught my attention as I was pondering over uh, if God is real, mm. like if uh, like uh, if science is right. Because that's what I had been had been believing my whole life up to that point, but that kind of really shocked me. Uh, that comment that science is not the truth; it is not the actual fact; it is a theory. Um, because I think in the education system in China, they teach you science is the truth. Science is. It's not a theory, it's facts. There are facts that if you don't believe in the facts, um, but you believe in like a um, not tangible, like in, intangible God, you are not smart. Mm. Um, and that same professor also challenged the class to think and debate over whether every baby is born a sinner or uh, Man at birth is fundamentally good in nature, which was uh, promoted in Confucius philosophy. So all those um, topics just kept coming up as I was seeking wow. um, if God was real. Yeah, and that's some deep stuff. My gosh. And on another class, um, uh, during our intensive reading class. Um, we started randomly. Uh, we started reading an article about um, this this author uh, writing about him re recalling his memory of when he was a little boy and he went to church. He grew up at church. He attended Sunday school, and uh, one Sunday they had uh, like an altar call to ask if anyone is ready to accept Jesus, and he just narrated the whole story of how he lied to the whole congregation by responding to the altar call and pretended that he accepted the invitation to believing in Jesus. And mm. like he described the reaction of the audience, how they were like cheering for him, but inside he was like, oh, he no. was thinking, <laughs> no, I'm just pretending. Like, yeah. So that also challenged me a lot. And it also brought my interest in 
asking like the missionaries if 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 there are if all Christians are true, if all Christians stay true to what they believe, or are they just saying that they are Christians? Wow! Like the little boy, like because you can say whatever you want. Yeah. And people usually people take it like um, for your take it take your word um, for it. So. Yeah. That's a deep question, and that goes into what is, you know, through all of, since the beginning of Jesus' ministry, right, there were questions mm-hmm. on what is true worship, what is mm-hmm. true um, in Jewish law, right? Jewish law was the thi- does the way, right, to follow God. And then Jesus, the radical, right, just mm-hmm. comes in and just be like, no, follow me, right, follow me. Mm-hmm. And his teachings were really radical at the time, right? And to this day, I mean, I think in the United States, we have 40,000 different Christian denominations registered with the government, right? In the United States, I think that's the figure. And each one has their own theology, right? Mm -hmm. And there's still debates today on what is true worship on the high level, right, of institutional level. Mm -hmm. But then for an individual, what is true worship for an individual? Mm -hmm. Um, That's an age-old question. And Mm -hmm. I think it's one that could potentially cause people to convert as in your case right like i want to understand these questions more why did this person go up and respond to an altar call Mm -hmm. when he didn't believe it himself right Mm -hmm. what 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 possessed him to do that Mm -hmm. or what is the difference between science and religion do they complement each other Mm -hmm. these are all valid questions i think a lot of people too in all of time will be asking right Mm -hmm. and here's the interesting thing about science too it's like you're right, it is a bunch of theories that are constantly being tested, either verified or disputed mm-hmm. or proven not to be valid. Mm-hmm. And it always changes. COVID-19 was a huge example of that where mm-hmm. the science continued to change throughout this period mm-hmm. of, of distress mm-hmm. and confusion. And what was it about Christianity that added that, can I say, stability to a confusing world that you're constantly questioning? Like, what was it that drew you in more when you were asking these questions to the missionaries? I think a a big part of it was also through my personal interaction with the people around me and how God really worked through all of that and opened my eyes and my heart to... um, to the fact that he is real mm. and that he loves me. Um, so there, there is like an interesting story that happened uh, as the classes were taking place. Um, we had a uh, Middle Autumn Festival break. Um, Explain that holiday for people that don't know it. It's kind of like uh, Thanksgiving yeah, where you celebrate the harvest um, and your family gather together um, to, um, you know, have a feast together and um, just mooncakes, you- right? Mm-hmm. Mooncakes. Moon it's also called Mooncake Festival, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to unite um, with your family members, it's That's a holiday really cool. like that. Um, I got to make mooncakes while I was in Beijing, and uh, it, I was there during Mid Autumn Festival. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun, actually. It was my first mooncake. Uh, the first couple were pretty bad, but I eventually got the hang of it, and it tasted pretty good. 
Like some of it. them had eggs in them. Yeah. Like they put little eggs in there. And in the United States, we don't typically put eggs in like a pastry. cookie or pastry, mm-hmm. but in China you do it. Mm-hmm. And it was actually pretty good. Yeah, you can have all kinds of flavor. You can make it sweet, you can make it savory. You can also put ham inside it. Wow. You can put nuts inside it. Yeah. But most commonly are like the red bean paste and like sweet um, stuffing inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Food is your specialty. I know that. <laughs> but continue with your story. Yeah. So uh, during that holiday, uh, the church um, that I was attending to, they had a a holiday party for all the colleges that are in town, college students that are in town. And um, so I was just having this conversation with M uh, as we were doing dishes together. M is one of the missionaries, right? Yes. And um, I was just helping her doing the dishes. There were just two of us in the kitchen. Mm, and out of, out of blue and very bluntly, she just turned to me and said, believe in Jesus in Korean and um, I was really shocked and I was trying to uh, think through what I sh- how I should respond to that um, because that was very blunt and, yeah. um, and in Korean yeah why Korean <laughs> I don't know I think <laughs> she might and you she, understand a little bit of Korean right yes she probably also felt like didn't know how to say that so she said in like the most comfortable way she knows, so in her own like language. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but good thing she explained some more, but it didn't help. So she said, um, I think you are different. She said all this part in English. She said, I think you are different. Um, you're different from all the other seekers in outside in the living room. Um, she said, I think you're ready. And wow. I just looked at her and I didn't know there was this moment of silence. I didn't know what to say because in my mind, I was thinking maybe that's the strategy uh, they use. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. them that well at that point. And, uh, so I w- I w- and I had a lot of doubts and I was skeptical of... Um, these missionaries trying so hard to share the gospel with people. It mm. almost felt like they had some intention, like they were trying to guess something. Or What's they were the trying... end game here? Yes. <laughs> that was like my mindset. So in my mind, I was doubting if she said that to everybody. Like, mm. hey, Ryan, I think you're different. Yeah. I think you're ready <laughs> to believe in Jesus. Um, yeah, so... Um, so then I shared with uh, M the the uh, the class the article that I that we read about how that that guy was very hypocritical uh, with his face and I shared with with her that I didn't want to be a half-hearted believer. I could tell tell her at that moment that okay I believe in Jesus, but I didn't want to say it because. Maybe I believe it in I believe it for thirty percent, but I wanted to be sure for a hundred percent before I tell her uh, like my answer. So at that time, you mm-hmm. you would self-identify as being thirty percent 
a believer. Something like that. Yeah, or like 30% understanding of what this even feels like or what does what is this that I'm getting into? Or maybe 10%. <laughs> 10%. So <laughs> I wasn't sure. She saw something in you that you didn't even see in yourself. Yeah. Wow. As I look back though, um I had a different uh feeling about that. I really after I became a Christian, um when I was reflecting back, I felt maybe God did speak to her and mm-hmm. that and she she asked for the courage to say that just bluntly to me. Because wow. um, people don't usually talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Um, it reminds me of the Chosen series, you know, that mm-hmm. where, you know, Chosen series, for anyone who doesn't know, is a series based on, you know, people that Jesus chose to follow him. And in the series, there's many moments, like really emotional moments where Jesus like looks at them and says, follow me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, what the heck? Let me just drop everything I'm doing and follow this man. And I think at one point, Simon, later known as Peter, um, is like, I'm just supposed to drop everything for because John, the cre- creepy John, points at somebody and says he's the Messiah. <laughs> Something like that. It was funny. But yeah. that just reminded me of that where it's like this leap of faith almost mm-hmm. of trusting in god but also this missionary who you just recently met who says you're different and says believe in jesus yeah just it's amazing like that. yeah so walking away from that conversation um she encouraged me to read the bible and um just to pray to god and ask ask him to show more of himself to me and then uh, the story <clears throat> kept going um after the holiday as everyone um returned to school i got um i got into a fight with my roommates over something very small um and i was super upset um um when that happened mm-hmm. uh, so basically we agreed we had agreed before the holiday uh, to order this textbook together as a group mm-hmm. um but Going back to school, I found out everyone else but me got the textbook. Oh. And to their justification, it's, it was because they couldn't reach me during the holiday and I wasn't responding to their messages. And that was because I lost my phone oh. when I was traveling. Um, so it's like, it's like one thing connected to another and let that happen and and I just had a lot of bitterness and anger inside of me. So I gave, uh, gave them the silent treatment for days. <laughs> and, um, and it was um, like, like, you know how it feels after a fight. <laughs> it's just that awkwardness yeah. with your roommate that you have to live together. So it wasn't a good feeling and it wasn't a really good time. Roommate um, issues are the worst. <laughs> I know. And until uh, that Friday, I met M again, and she was asking me how was I we- how how was my week, and I shared with her, and she offered to pray for me at that English corner, and um, so um, I really felt I was able to find more peace after she prayed. Um, but um, but 
I still didn't want to forgive my roommate. <laughs> so I was able to find more peace, but in my heart, I was still holding grudges against them. And then the weekend came. I went to、uh, the fellowship again, and there was another missionary,、uh, Kay.、Um, she、um, preached on that Sunday, and she preached about God's forgiveness and how Jesus took away all our sins, even though we were so unworthy of His love.、Mm-hmm. So it's it sounds like a very、um, simple and、um, Message and it's very、um, like just the just sharing the basic gospel、um, that how God forgives us and Jesus、yeah. died on the cross. But I was bawling as she was sharing.、Wow. Uh, it never happened、um, during the previous、um, services that I attended, and tears just came out、um, nonstop because. Um, I felt like that message was God speaking directly to me in that、wow. situation where I didn't want to forgive、oh、my, my roommates and over something really small because I was able to get the textbook、uh, yeah. later. It just arrived late, um, and um, after so after the whole service,、um, they usually do、uh, they usually divided people. Into small groups for discussions,、um, and there is the believers group and the seekers group. But on that Sunday,、um, specifically, since they were getting ready for baptism for some people,、um, so they had a baptism class group, and ended up mixing the believers and the seekers into one group,、uh, and then it turned out. Me and the other girl were the only seekers in the group we、wow. were in, so we were able to get a lot of attention <laughs> in the discussion.、Um, wow! Yeah, and then it was my turn to share,、uh, so I started sharing how I how the sermon spoke to me, and I just couldn't stop、uh, the tears coming out again.、Um, I share. Uh, all my feelings on、um, what had happened and、um, how I felt a really strong conviction to f- forgive my roommates after listening、um, to、uh, the preaching, and then I、um, continued by sharing the conversation I had with M in the in in the kitchen when we were doing dishes,、mm-hmm. and I said I am not sure still. Um, when I would become a Christian, and I might need more time to understand. Yeah.、Um, but after my sharing,、uh, Kay responded by saying that you don't have to understand everything in order to believe in God.、Wow. You don't have to know the whole Bible before you say yes to Jesus. And then, then here comes M again. She said bluntly. Um, that she said, I think you are already a Christian, <laughs> and I was really shocked. I, I, how is that possible?、Um, but she explained, and by saying that she saw how the Holy Spirit worked in my heart and changed me and transformed me, so that I was able to say I forgave my roommates. Wow! And. 
but I was still very puzzled. I was like, am I? Um, because if it was up to me, if she didn't jump out and say that, no, you are already a Christian. Uh, if it was up to me, I would probably take my time and be like, I don't know. Let me I'm take not the scenic sure. route on this journey here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I just said, am I? As like my tears kept coming out. And then uh, M invited me uh, to pray the sentence prayer with her. And I was not reluctant to do it. I was actually feeling like this urge in my heart to do it, even though there was still doubts. I was like, am I a Christian? Um, but I was very willing to pray the sinner's prayer with her. And then the whole group prayed for me after that, which was very powerful um, as well. Um, yeah, and just a few weeks after that, I got baptized since wow. they were already getting ready for baptism. Do you remember the date? Yeah, it's uh, October 27th. October 27th, mm -hmm. wow. So the journey started uh, sometime in September. And what year was this? 2015. 2015? No, oh. 2013. 2013. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the whole, what I actually counted as I was getting ready for my baptism, and the whole journey took exactly 50 days from the day I stepped into the first my first worship to the day I was baptized. Wow. Yeah. What a journey that is. I mean, yeah. I mean the journey didn't start in those 50 days. It was your whole life building up. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And so you basically have been, since you ba were baptized, eight years, right? Yeah. Eight years ago. Amazing. Congratulations Thank on that, you. that journey. Um, what we're sort of, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there on this, mm -hmm. on this podcast and we have a short amount of time, but, um, what are some of the lessons learned in that 50 day journey that you can maybe tell our audience, maybe they're seekers, maybe they're mm -hmm. trying to understand the difference between science and religion. Maybe mm -hmm. they're having some of the same questions that you mm -hmm. had regarding the culture and this emphasis on truth and facts right mm -hmm. and what is real what does truth mean right what that's a good question and then maybe even some of the simple things like forgiveness mercy mm -hmm. what are these things what are these concepts why should i deserve it what is some advice for that you would give for our audience that may be going through that um one thing myself felt uh through as i was looking back was uh, god has a plan for every one of us and he works through every little thing in our life. Think about when I, uh, I didn't really pay so much attention on how my interest, my interest in knowing God uh, increased during that time That's until true. I looked back. All those little pieces, the false teaching about the Bible, anybody can teach the Bible, but they might not always be aligned with um, what God intended to say. Yeah, the truth of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all the articles that we were assigned to read happened to talk about the uh, hypo hypocrisy. The hypocrisy. That you, that, that might be there um, in your faith. Um, and 
the conversation about science and uh, and religion and and the people around me that fight that I got into with the roommates that I happened to just couldn't let it go for some reason and like all those little things in our lives God can use them whether you felt good about it or you felt angry you felt puzzled you felt confused about it God can use all of that and um, he does chase after us that is how he chased after us and all all you have to do he's the 99 <laughs> all you have to do is to invite him or be open to it you don't even have to invite him just be open to it and yeah. ask him um to come close to you and god will do the rest yeah I think, too, you were willing and open, right? You had an open mind. You had an open mm-hmm. heart to listen to what the missionaries had to say mm-hmm. to you. Um, and that's something that a lot of people can't get over. And I but think. in the meantime, I still had doubts. Yeah. And I was skeptical. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if this God is real. I don't know if they're trying to brainwash me <laughs> or, like, if what they say is true. Yeah. If what they say is something I want to believe for the rest of my life because it is a big decision to say that you want to believe in the God. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think nobody should take it lightly. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, Pearl, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I hope to have you on again. Maybe we can kind of come up with other topics. Uh, that we can share on here and have a genuine conversation about it. It's been fun to learn uh, more about your story on how you became a Christian, your conversion story of 50 days. Mm-hmm. Too bad it wasn't 40 days. The 40 days would have been a cool <laughs> biblical number that we could have thrown out there. But, you know, 50 days is okay. You took a little 10, <laughs> 10 days extra than the uh, what could have been a cool poetry story, poetic story. But I'm glad you're here. Congratulations on eight years uh, since your you. baptism. And... Um, Hope to see you back, and mm-hmm. you've been here in the United States for three years. Hopefully, you're enjoying it. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. see you some more here. And, uh, you know, for the audience out there, this is Pearl's first time. Did you have fun on the show? I did. Would you come back? I think so. You think so? You weren't scared away? If you guys have any topic that you want to come on the show and talk about, email media at stpeterchurch.net. That is media at stpeterchurch.net. And you can come on just like Pearl did, have a leap of faith, and have a real, authentic, genuine conversation. Keep it real, guys. Bye. Bye.